Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. My fellow Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here, as usual, with my favorite toaster of all, Toasty. I mean, that means a lot when the toaster from uh fallout new vegas old war blues exists uh-huh. so you uh-huh. know i appreciate that i was thinking about the old disney cartoon with the uh the toaster that travels across wherever do you remember that cartoon with the little toaster do you remember that the disney <laughs> no classic yeah i don't know the disney um, classic i'm a, not old enough for disney yeah. classics <laughs> it's a disney classic i don't know it was the 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 mm, somebody's going to be yelling at their their radio or headphones or something. Anyway, can you give me a decade? Because you know, I was Adventures born of the pretty... Brave Little Toaster. Thank you, Nightwing and Chat. I'm there we go. The Brave Nightwing Courier knows too. That the Brave. You don't know the Brave Little life. Toaster. This no. is why you don't have a soul, Toasty. Is because you've I... never watched the Brave Little Toaster. Or maybe because this is like not my time period. No, <laughs> no. This, in... Disney classics are, are are ageless. You can watch. Listen, if anybody with a grandmother and a VHS player. I didn't have a grandmother. That's the problem. We've just we've discovered it. We now we know. Now we know. But anyway, welcome back to the show, everybody. Now we know why Toasty is is so grumpy and doesn't have a soul. But welcome back. We are continuing this month's uh, trend of monster episodes. Our bestiary with a new episode this week about another creepy monster. Toasty, what are we what are we digging into this week? What are we digging up? What monster are we digging up and exhuming? Uh, it, you know, that's actually a very literal sense of the word because normally you find them in, in crypts or sar- sarcophagus, sarcophagi, sarcophagi, sarcophaguses, yeah, no sarcophagi. Um, uh, t- we will, we will be talking about Striga. Mm, the Striga. Yeah. Did the you, Striga. You, you, I did that on purpose. I'm glad you caught that. But, uh, yeah, we're uh, talking about Striga this week. I love, man, I love monsters. Monsters are so good. Oh, if you were here for the live part of the uh, pre-show, which also goes out to our patrons, then you will have heard us uh, bantering a little bit back and forth about what we will be discussing next week, which I think might be werewolves. That doesn't start with a V sound, but we might do werewolves. So stay tuned for that one. That's coming up next. But let's go ahead and start tackling the Striga. Where do we begin? Uh, so we begin with how... How do you get a striga? How's how a striga you, made? How do you make a striga? Because because it's not it's not your typical monster. So it, it's it's not in order to make a striga, you have to curse somebody. Mm, okay. So like this, like uh like you you, you know, like they sideswipe you with their car, you pull over the side of the road and you're like, curse you terrible driver. Mm-hmm. Like that, then they become a striga. And they become a striga. Isn't the best idea because then they just murder you because mm-hmm. now they're a striga and you're just a person. Don't curse people in traffic. Mm-hmm. You might get torn apart. Um, so there, there's not much known about the curse that turns females into striga, striga, or females mm-hmm. specifically. Although those are just the documented cases, we don't know. It's not a well documented 
phenomenon. Mm, okay. The only well-documented example of Astrea's lifetime was that of Ada the White, daughter of Foltest, king of Tamaria. She was cursed prior to her birth, then born Astrea. She and her mother, who did not survive the birth, were laid to rest in a single tomb. For seven years, she grew inside the sarcophagus, only to emerge a creature of predatory instinct with the size and skill to carry it out. This story is so good. I love I love the way that this is represented. Yeah, this uh, you know, especially the the episode of the Netflix series because it's like the most intense things all put into the same episode and it's like oh, amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. In order to lift Addis curse, Geralt had to prevent the Striga from returning to her coffin by the third crowing of the rooster. Only then was the curse lifted returning her to the state of an ordinary little girl so this isn't this isn't your typical you know monster situation where the only way to really deal with it is to kill it you can reverse the curse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is the more humane way to do it being that this this is kind of a monster in uh appearance and situation only this is like the real state of this is a human and on top of that a little girl a child who is cursed so Mm -hmm. this is a human in need of help and the witcher's job here if they are sympathetic to that and of course Geralt, Geralt is is to try to reverse the curse and save the child rather than simply kill the monster Mm-hmm. So it puts them in a very dire situation where they are trying to not only, you know, f- you know, remove the monster from the situ- situation, but do it as carefully as they can, which makes it even more dangerous for them because they they have to wait out the curse. <laughs> it makes it way more dangerous than just fighting off the monster. Yeah. Uh, and this is typically like a situational thing because uh it's not much is known about Strigas either or other than Ada's case in particular, but in Ada's case, since she was cursed before birth and have in lifting the curse would impact her mental faculties negatively because she spent seven years or seven plus years as this a monster. So, you, you know, it's like kind of animal instinct alone. It, it, it sleeps it feeds it hunts it's it's very it's living it's not a human it doesn't have human emotions or anything it just feeds uh and and like sustains itself uh since she had no exposure to humanity she had to then learn speech proper behavior etc at a much older age than normal so it would be similar to uh finding like a feral child in the wilderness and then trying to raise it at a much older age where it wouldn't have been, you know, acclimated to society. Um, and this has happened historically. People have found children in the wilderness that were raised by wolves and things. And they, you know, weren't acclimated to society. They didn't have, you know, had, hadn't learned how to speak languages or bathe themselves or eat using utensils or any of these kinds of things. But this would be, of course, a step more extreme because the child was a monster, not just raised by wolves. Yeah. And the other risk involved with, with reversing the curse is that there is a chance of relapse. 
So if you break the curse and someone turns from a Striga into a human, they can still get turned back into a Striga. And to prevent this, they had to wear sapphire amulets um, and participate in rituals designed to ward off the curse. And I think specifically the sapphire was uh, it had to have an inclusion, which is a pocket of air inside the sapphire for it to work like the most effectively. Hmm. I wonder if that if that were to break, if that would uh, completely ruin the um, effectiveness of it. So it's it, it's very there's a lot of uh, it's it's not a surefire thing. There's a lot of risks involved with this, not only on the Witcher side of like trying to break the curse, the risks involved with trying to survive an entire night with with the Striga, but then you know the chance of it getting turned back and having to like learn how to be a human. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, all around a terrible situation. And on top of it, very limited, like you said earlier, very, a very limited amount of knowledge about it because it's it's a very rare thing to encounter altogether. So so what do we know about the behavior and abilities of the Striga itself? All right. So so we we have uh, I found like the listed um, from the the best area in the first Witcher game. Mm hmm. Um, because the Striga is a monster in that game. Actually deal specifically with Ada in that game. So um but a a Striga may being, tolerate you may sorry, are you being, a weird are you being hunted noise. by monsters. Is there something in your uh, house? Do you need to I go? heard a noise. I had to make sure it was you need to go get it. your silver sword and fight something off. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think I'm good. I think it was just construction, but you know, sometimes those <laughs> those those sounds can get a little you know, confusing. Okay. Um, all right. All right. I'll let you know if something's uh, creeping up behind you. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can see my background. <laughs> I can't even, um, a Stricka may tolerate necrophages. She needs a hideout during the day, often choosing a sarcophagus and a forgotten branch of a crypt. So they, they go for like underground, like enclosures, in, in like in tombs, they go for specifically like actual closed tombs that they can like stay in places where people um, tend not to go visit very often <laughs> places yeah. kind of locked away underground. They, they are resistant to steel, which is something we see a lot of with, with monsters. There's very few monsters where steel is more effective, um, sensitive to silver. So another common trait a striga may be freed from her curse by those who survive a night near her sarcophagus so uh i think it's interesting so i guess it, you don't have to be i, I wonder because we know specifically Geralt's case where he locks himself inside it so that the striga can't get in it mm-hmm. but i'm wondering like you know if somehow you were to go undetected just like you know sitting behind it would would that work too? Probably, so probably. The, the the sense I get is that he he realizes that the safest way to do that because uh, she has heightened senses and those kinds of things is to lock himself in so that she can get to him. That it's actually it's it's easier for him to avoid her not through avoiding detection but from just avoiding her being able to get to him. And so that's that's his method for doing so. 
Uh, and then a Striga is a very strong and agile creature, but not as resilient as she might seem. She attacks by surprise and tries to tear opponents to pieces without giving them a chance to fight back. Uh, near her sarcophagus, a Striga is always stronger. Uh, and it says here, the Striga attacks using the blinding critical effect that's specifically for... In the game. In uh, the game. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's... So, you know, you have to, you kind of have to, if you're trying to lift the curse, you're forced to deal with them near the sarcophagus, which means that they're stronger. Right. So, right. They're also familiar with the area. I mean, that's where they live. You know, they're normally their hunting grounds are that same area. So, yeah. In the case of Ada, she specifically hunted out of the old castle. Um, and and barely there, there was like rare instances where she'd go outside the castle but most of the time she didn't need to so it was like yikes yeah she, she knows all the nooks and crannies and all the places to hide and jump out from so yeah that's going to be the, the most dangerous place you could possibly be yeah but, oh man you know you want to lift that curse you got to do it you, you gotta, gotta you gotta, you do gotta it. get it so drink what else potions drink your potions get ready so what else do we know about ada specifically uh, so i I think this is interesting because it's specifically one of the, the few like very detailed monster interactions that we get with Carol. Cause we don't see a whole lot of like, as far as the books go, we get to see him fight a lot more in um, the show, but of course they want to play up the monster fighting action and stuff. Right. Um, but specifically like in the books, you don't really get to fight. A, you, you there's not very many parts. You get this specific, you know, fight, which is very long detailed. There's a lot of details in it. And then like his fight with the, with the Brooks and the novella story. Um, most of the time it's just really like small thing of saying like him being at the end of the fight or, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with the fight quickly. Cause a lot of the times he's fighting just humans and he's just way faster and stronger yeah he pirouettes don't really stand a chance he pirouettes yes. and then he, he pirouettes <laughs> right <laughs> which he does do in this fight that is a thing he uh-huh. does in this fight too that's yeah. a very important detail which I, um, my, I have a i have a guess about that and um who else somebody commented about that on our discord and my guess is that that's a that's a word that translates um from the original uh uh, what's the word? What language was it originally in? Um, Polish. Polish. I'm like, it starts with a P, but it wouldn't come to my brain. Um, my guess is that there's a Polish word that that's about as the, the closest thing that it translates to. And it means that he spins. He he's, he's dodging and spinning while also, you know, using his blade and he's doing it quickly in a way that's very, you know, agile and tactical and faster than the other people can see him and, and respond and which is, which the closest is something word you can get to in english is like do, pirouette yeah. you know but it's, it's yeah. so that's weird to us but i think that's why they use the word pirouette so much yeah i yeah. think it's just not as commonly associated because one of the biggest things it seems like because i've seen a lot of people who uh have reacted to kind of that fight from the butcher blaviken scene mm-hmm. where he fights with renfrey and a lot of people really admonish the fact that there's a lot of spinning yeah because you're not supposed to show your like you're not supposed to turn your back to your enemy even if you're like doing something like that like you really shouldn't make moves like that because you're just exposing yourself too much um right right. which is something that he can do more easily because he doesn't have to worry about his back being turned long he's fast so he can literally just spin like you know 
where his back is shown for like not even half Fractions a second. Of a really. second. Right, yeah. right. So it's not really right. And that's, I think that's a thing that, you know, yeah, he doesn't about because he, he doesn't move do like a regular human risk. being. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's like and, and I think that's something that um yeah, and I've I've watched videos too where where you know actual sword fighters have have said things like, you know, well let's let's take a look at the Witcher and the sword play in the Witcher and they'll say things like, well, you know, nobody's going to use reverse grip in a real fight because it reduces the length of your your sword arm and like those kinds of things. And absolutely, I I get all of that. And you're right. But at the same time, He's like a superhero, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Like he, he doesn't reactions, have to worry about the yeah. length of his arm because he has the speed to compensate yeah. for the length of his arm. His in that reaction situation. time, his, his, uh, his, his movement speed, all of those things are well above regular human speed. And so mm-hmm. therefore he's not going to move and fight like a regular human. He's going to move and fight in ways that human beings wouldn't because they're going to he's going to do things that humans aren't going to be able to predict. If he was to move like a regular human, they'd be able to predict some of those things. He's going to move in ways that don't make sense to people. And that's, what's going to catch them off guard. Um, so that makes sense to me in some ways. Um, but yeah, but anyway, so let's, let's go on. Let's talk about, uh, Ada. So what else do we know? So, so we know that she was the daughter of Fultz's King of Tamaria, uh, and she was born a Striga as a result of a curse cast by either, and this is kind of a thing because they're not entirely sure um, by either Ostrit, a local magnate who loved her mother and was like jealous that she was with Foltest. So ended up cursing Foltest's seed essentially. Right. Um, right. And that's what happened. Or Sansia, Foltest's mother. Uh, yeah. The, mo- the magnate was in love with the king's sister, the mother of the princess, whose name was also Ada. When he learned of the incestuous relationship between the king and his sister, Ostrich tried to put a curse on the king, and this is blamed for Ada's transformation into a Striga. However, Foltis' mother was also furious at the incestuous relationship between her children and may also have cursed their child. So it is possible that either Ostrich or Sansia or both or both were the cause of the curse or both so the lesson here is don't have an incestuous relationship because it might cause all sorts of problems yeah yeah so yeah. you might birth a striga Incest. and you probably won't survive because it's Bad. a clawed beast it'll yes. probably tear itself out of you and you will die <laughs> right right so incest bad don't do it <laughs> yeah this is this is definitely uh one of the more scary ways of condemning incestuous relationships that I've seen in, in media. So um, I think yeah. it's effective. I think it's pretty effective. Um, Geralt was tasked by King Foltus to remove the curse from Ada, which we get to see uh, this take place either by reading the first story chapter in the last book. So mm-hmm. in, or in the last wish, last wish. book, right. uh, which is the first book in the series, um, which is, uh, and I say first story because there is an overarching like chapter process called the voice, voice of reason that takes place in between every chapter. Um, but like then the, the stories themselves take place. Uh, and this is like the first one um, just titled the Witcher. You can watch the opening cut scene in the Witcher video game. The, very uh, the first, first Witcher. Yeah. Uh, when Witcher's- you start the game, you will see the cut scene of, Geralt fighting the Striga, yeah. Ada. Which back in, what was that, 2007 when that game came out? Was super impressive. 
like the game graphics itself look like an old 2007 video game but like that opening sequence when that game came out was like super cool for its time mm-hmm. like i remember watching that going man this is badass <laughs> like, okay i'm sold this is cool <laughs> yeah yeah uh or in episode three of the netflix series betrayer moon which mm-hmm. this whole fight is accented by the fact that Yennefer is doing her whole sorceress transformation. So it makes it even more terrifying to be honest. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's pretty. Cause you get a lot of like very scary screams from Yennefer's side of things while this fight is happening. It's pretty intense. So there's a lot of options for which you can, you can watch the fight. And I'm, so I'm not going to break down the fight, um, you know, by detail because, mm-hmm. What you need to know is Geralt did a lot of things to try and fight off the Striga and then ends up locking himself in the tomb so that he can keep her from re-entering it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can look it up on YouTube and find any of these things in a YouTube video. So, Right. Yeah, go go look these up on YouTube. And if you again, if you haven't watched the Netflix series, go watch that too. It's, I it's highly recommend it. The it. choreography and stuff is really good. So it's like a really good fight scene. Really intense and scary. Uh, and you get to see Geralt use a chain, which is like the only fight we ever see him use yeah. a chain at. So. Yeah. Or the, the freaking wolf knuckle the Those were knuckles. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yep. he puts on like silver knuckles, like not brass knuckles, but silver knuckles, yeah. and then punches her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that whole scene is really cool. And then so. it, you don't need to go back and play the first Witcher game unless you really want to. It, it does feel like an old game, but looking up the the cutscene sequence from this is is really cool too. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Um, it's cool stuff. And then of course, reading the books, the last witch is the last witch, the last wish is is a great book it's a bunch of short stories it's really easy to just read one of the short stories at a time so the very first one too the very so first it's one. really you just get yeah. into it and it's, it's only i mean you can listen to it on audible it's like an hour absolutely so. uh in fact there's um i'll have to put this in the show notes there's we have a link um that you can use to get uh audiobooks.com um for audiobooks.com and you get three credits for free um, through us, if you use the link and, uh, we get a little bit of credit back for that. So you can help support the podcast and it's free. And with those three credits, you can actually get three books in one month, which is yeah. super cool. I, I need so, to be you know, this month one. you get, you get the last wish, you get the sword of destiny and you get mm-hmm. the blood of elves. And then next month you move on to the next three. Yeah. So, so that's go. like absolutely free. So eat really easy to do if you want to go listen to the books um so yeah and the last wish is so easy to get into because each of the stories is kind of standalone so mm-hmm. it, it you don't even have to like get into a novel because each story is just easy to digest on its own um so all right well let's move on to the middle of the show and then what are we going to talk about when we get back for the second uh, part of the episode we are going to talk about some of the actual uh like folklore inspirations for Nice, nice. I love this stuff because so many of the inspirations for the creatures in The Witcher come from not just um, Western European folklore, which are the kinds of monsters that we're more familiar with here in the U.S., things like vampires and werewolves and things like that, but Eastern European folklore, which we're less familiar with. So Mm -hmm. very cool stuff. All right, here we go. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. 
All right. So welcome to the middle of the show. And this is where we get to thank our patrons. We currently still have six patrons. So thank you to all of our patrons, including all six of you. And I'm just going to I'm just going to name everybody again because you guys are so awesome. We've got Lord Tizer. We have Venetwo, Venetwo, uh, Fishdu. Mark 10 Gamer, Turbo Toboggan, and Ben of Tamaria. Thank you to all six of you guys for helping to support the show. You guys are awesome. If we've done anything to help you get through your workday, your commute, your workout, or your washing of your friends' dogs, I'm expanding out to when you help your friends wash their dogs. Um, then It's just an excuse to like wash more dogs, mm-hmm. like enhance your relationship with your friends and give them a clean dog. Yeah. And you just get to listen to more of the podcast. Absolutely. So, like, there's no, there's no loss there. No loss there. Uh, I did have to wash my own dogs recently and that's why that's on my mind because one of my dogs had poopy butt, which is a common problem that dogs get when their hair gets too long around their butt. And I had to trim off the hair around the butt and clean the butt and wash the dog. So that's why, why it's on my mind. And did you listen to a podcast? I should have been listening. Well, we had my, my in-laws were over. It wasn't really a good time to listen to podcasts while washing a dog because they were here. So I was talking to them mm, while I okay, the dog. Okay. and the, the dogs are little, so I can put them in the sink. So it was in the middle of the room anyway. But if, if they hadn't been here, it would have been a great opportunity to put a podcast on while I listen, while I listen to a podcast, I could have been watching. While you lessened? While I lessened? Tom? I could have anyway. Tom? But if we're. Is there, mm, is there a contract mm, any take on you? No. No. Okay. Totally fine. But anyway, while, keep while an you're, eye on this guy. While All you're right, washing then. anybody's butts, if we're there to help you uh, get through that, then please consider going to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast and taking a look at all the different tiers and all the different things you can get for helping to support the show. Toasty and I would very, very much appreciate that. And we love our patrons because you guys are the best. You can get ad-free episodes and all sorts of other things, including joining us at the end of the month, which is always a wonderful time. So go check that out. And uh, let's see, what else do we have to talk about? We've got some reviews. We got, we got some reviews. Oh, oh, Ben of Tamaria, our good our good Witcher friend, um, says a good listen while on the path. Yes, mm. we, we give you lots of knowledge you need to know so thank you like how to kill rates because we did that last week that's true that's true you might you might need that while you're on the path in fact you probably mm-hmm. will you probably so. will Your rates pretty common pretty, pretty common. common yeah so we've got some uh we got some new ones our good buddy lord tizer wrote in and uh to apple Podcasts, which is where you do put these reviews because it really does help get the word out and lord tizer wrote witcher talk and hilarious banter five stars listening to the two hosts go at each other is just hilarious <laughs> Thank, thank you, Lord Tyler. You can just feel toasties. Don't know current proper spelling because he keeps changing it. LOL. Patience ebbing away as Tom makes another joke in the middle of the former's explanation of a specific event or person. The Witcher is amazing, but dark property. Having the two hosts break up the seriousness of some of the events with humor is the perfect way to discuss the rich world of the Witcher. Yet through it all, they managed to dive deeper into the lore from the books, movies and games and become better friends. I added that last part. Uh, gave up the good work. Well, thank you, Lord Tizer. That is amazing. I don't. I don't know how good friends we are. I might have to kill you soon, since you're talking about friendly way being a lesson. It's a friend. I don't, in a friendly I don't way. know. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. I thought we'll I was. I, I thought I was accidentally saying I was a lesson. Um, then we have Ed. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a witcher, so obviously I have. 
I have to take a contract. No, it was, a, it, was it was a joke. It was I was, uh, it was I'm a, I don't have a sense of humor. I'm a witcher. Okay? Oh crap. You've <laughs> doomed yourself. Oh no. <laughs> crap. Okay. Then we have Ed of Lyria who also wrote in from the US and says Spooktober four exclamation marks five stars. I've been listening for about a week and I started with the Netflix show and have now moved into the games. Well, welcome to the world of the games. That's awesome. You guys are awesome. I love the show. It's super informative. And I now host a listening party with my friends. Well, hello, listening party friends. Hi, everybody. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's absolutely incredible. I'm, that, I had, wow. I've, awesome? I've heard of watch parties. I've never heard of listening parties before. Yeah, this is cool, huh? Uh, we <laughs> all really enjoy the show. We are all now new witchers in training. That is awesome. Ed of Lyria, welcome to welcome to the witcher witcher friends society out of lyria i i've asked in the discord i need mm-hmm. to know what school are you from i, I think, need to know i think i think it might be a wolf or a cat yeah I mean, it's probably because those are obviously the most common ones but you know mm-hmm. We don't know we don't know but yeah. I, w- I would love to find out yeah. um Come if you're know. a viper i don't I don't think I can associate with you. Griffin? I'm sorry. Maybe Griffin? just don't be a viper, please. <laughs> don't be a viper. All right. Well, don't be a viper or a bear. Well, bears don't have friends, so you've got to be. Yeah, you, you, it's fine if you're a bear. You know, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, try to hang out with you at all. But he has, <laughs> he listen. There's, there's, there's listening parties. They, they can't be a bear. They right, don't have any friends. I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. They can't okay. be a bear. Um, but anyway, thank you so much, Ed, and your listening party friends. Uh, and also, we'd love to have you guys join us on the Robots Radio Discord. There's a link in the show notes. You can also, also just search it. Uh, come, let us know what, what you associate associate yourself with as a witcher what what group you're part of and um and how the games are going let us know how you, how your gameplay is we'd love to hear about your games yeah. and, and Go, what, what's hop going in on with that. hop in the discord bring all your friends all your listening party friends right bring them all into the discord <laughs> do your listening party uh-huh. in in one of the discord channels and oh, that would maybe be awesome. we'll just bomb it we'll just bomb it and be like, what's the point in listening to the show? No. <laughs> what? Okay. No, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for taking your time to drop some reviews. And if, if you also want to help us out, just like, like Ed has here, Tell your friends about the show. That would be amazing that all of that word of mouth is absolutely the best way to help us spread word of the show and uh, any help you can give us would be amazing. That really does help us out. So thank you to everyone and for all of your support. You guys are absolutely the best. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right. Yeah. Do you think they're yelling ba like a sheep? I mean, possibly. Should I, I play it again? So, though. You want to listen again? Here, listen again. I'll, I'll have to play the whole thing and then we'll, we'll get to the end part. Let's just listen carefully. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. Wait for it. It's onion. Right, yeah. Well, that part's always uh, hard to hear. I don't hear like a hard consonant sound at the end. <laughs> I just hear like, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I hear it 
And it, to me, it sounds like... It's just like, an auto-tuned scream of terror, I think. I think it's just uh, someone screaming as they're trying to flee a monster, and it's just uh, been auto-tuned. Yeah. Um, yeah. Envy Courier in chat says, Sega! That is also possible. It does sound very similar, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. What is the real-world influence for the Striga? Uh, so it seems like there's a main couple things, but honestly, I think that some of these things, there's multiple, I found like multiple things with similar names that all derive Hmm. from the, the root word Strix. So that is, that seems to be, which is a Strix is a bird of prey. Um, I think specifically like an owl type creature or something that hunts at night. Okay. Uh, which kind of fits because they are hunters and they hunt at night. Um, but it seems like a lot of these words all derive from Strix. Um, but the main thing, and since this is a like Polish, Polish author, Polish game studio, I went with the Polish folklore to start because mm-hmm. it's probably one of the biggest influence, uh, which is the, uh, <laughs> uh, the Strizga are something that I'm not very good with. Um, yeah, that, there's, that's S T R Z Y G A. Right. Um, we, um, we have some members in our community that are Polish and I've been, I've been told that they will help me with Polish pronunciations and I've yet to follow through with that, but I need to, and I hear it's not actually that hard, but I just have not yet educated myself. But yes, S T R Z Y G A. However, that's so, pronounced. Yes. Which is very close to Striga, I think. Uh, I have to assume, but who knows? Um, which is typically a female demon, somewhat similar to a vampire in slavic and especially polish folklore makes sense people who were born with two hearts and two souls and two sets of teeth the second one barely visible were believed to be strizgi wait 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 hold wait, wait, wait. I think, hold on wait wait i think is i think is the singular version is strizgi wait wait people wait, wait, hold on wait people born with two hearts okay so that's that's very rare mm-hmm. is this like conjoined twins maybe possibly possibly this this might be two sets of teeth so maybe conjoined twins at the waist maybe maybe two souls so i would imagine conjoined twins at the waist they would look like two individuals now stuck with their bodies together that that could make sense or like the sides like so that like their circulatory systems were almost combined maybe at the side of the chest or something that could be it that's weird now an individual person who's not just conjoined people with two hearts. That seems super rare. Two sets of teeth where the second set is almost invisible. Everybody has two sets of teeth because our teeth fall out. Our baby set falls out and then the second set comes in. Right. But two sets of teeth at the same time, like like shark teeth where they're like layered. That's not particularly common especially two sets of hearts and then two souls. How do you know if somebody has two souls? We can't even figure out how to confirm if anybody has one soul. There's no way to objectively confirm that. Do you lay on hands and say a prayer and go, Oh, this person feels like they have two souls. Like, how do you, what? <laughs> I don't know how you confirm that, but, uh, 
Okay. I don't know. This is this is Polish folklore. Polish Tom. folklore. Uh, yeah. We're gonna find anyone. You bring in a witch or a sorcerer, and then you just like they just like yes, this person has two souls, and you're like, oh no. All right. So mm-hmm. let's go on. Uh, that's not the only things though, Tom. Mm-hmm. There's there's other possibilities here. So mm-hmm. somnambulix. I don't know. Somnambulix. Okay. Some some nombulix or people born without armpit hair could wait, wait, wait. People, also be seen. Everybody, as, are, everybody's born without armpit hair. <laughs> some people just don't grow it when they. There must have been a lot older. of Shrigsgi in uh, old Pol- <laughs> Poland. Yeah, so, um, so some nombulism is sleepwalking. So, like people who sleepwalk or people without armpit like people who grow up immature but never grow armpit hair maybe maybe are also seen as being striga there's the uh we're still going tom we're this still is super weird Keep furthermore going. Let's a do it. newborn child with already developed teeth was also believed to be one that's super weird <laughs> all right keep going uh, so when a person was identified as a Striska, they were chased away from human dwelling places during epidemics. People were getting buried alive and those who managed to get out of their graves, often weak, ill and with mutilated hands were said to be Strisky by others. So, okay, you know, so, yeah. if you act, if you got buried alive and managed to, to get out, you mm-hmm. were also, uh, uh, a monster. So you know. Yeah. Well, this is this is actually very common. Um, a lot of myths about vampires, zombies, even werewolves and things like that were often often came from people who were thought to be dead and were buried only later to have dug themselves back out of the ground, or to be dug back up because they weren't actually dead, because they didn't have modern medicine they did they weren't able to determine for sure that the person was dead or not and later the person wasn't dead and they would fight their way out of the ground and were, were then in a terrible situation because all they had to dig their way out was their hands right can you imagine being and and they, did, they weren't always buried you know eight feet under right so imagine being buried a few feet underground in a shallow grave and then you wake up and you're exhausted and you're not feeling great and you realize that you're in the dark and underground and then you spend what a day trying to dig yourself out from underground with your fingers you imagine the condition of your hands and your body after trying to do so like you would be exhausted you probably have bloody fingers you'd probably have yelled yourself and and freaked out right the situation would be terrible um if you had yelled and somebody had found you they would have freaked out like the whole and 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 they may have thought you were undead. They may have thought you've come back to life. The whole situation is super weird. Also, you would have freaked everyone out in the village because they thought you were dead. So, yeah. isn't isn't there like didn't they implement um like the didn't they have like bells with strings that went into like their the the coffins or something? Yeah, sometimes something like if you were alive and they didn't. They right. mistook you. You could just ring the bell and that, they would dig you up. Right. Some places had to implement things like that, too. I'm wondering um, I'm wondering how that worked for because, you know, they talk about that. But the real question is, what if it was just a windy day? Right. <laughs> Something just blew the bell and you're like, oh, yeah, the wind just blows the oh. bell. It starts dinging and you're like, oh, no, they're alive. And Grandma's back. And, 
And then you take grandma back up and it's like, nope, grandma's not back. And, and how long did they leave the bell for? Did they just like leave it? Like two mm. generations later, is the bell still there? The right. wind starts blowing it and mm. they're just like, they oh. dig it up and there's just a skeleton in a box. Right. What? Yeah. 40 years later, grandma woke up. Yeah, man. No. Modern science is a crazy thing that's so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine trying to, you know, oh, this is how we tell someone's alive. Something that could literally be deemed by um anything. Oh, yeah, right. sure. Also, um, also, if you're buried and underground and in the dark and have no way of like, how do you find the string? Or is they just tie it to your finger? They just tie it. Just tie it. So that that's what move. I would do. Yeah. But just like but Human beings are not necessarily smart. How many generations did they go before they even came up with the bell solution? And oh, then how lot. many how many I'm more sure generations did they go before somebody somebody came up with the maybe we should just tie it to grandma's finger solution? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> right. um, we're still trying to come up with uh, solutions to the problems that are just that simple, Tom. Let's be honest. Um, let's, let's be honest. I'm not going to say any specifics. Uh, anyways, anyway, uh, moving on. It is said that Strigsky usually died at a young age, but according to belief, only one of their two souls would pass to the afterlife. Well, that's the other sucks. soul was believed to cause the deceased Strisca to come back to life and prey upon other limbic beings. These undead creatures were believed to fly at night in the form of an owl or Strix, uh, and attack nighttime travelers and people who had wandered off into the woods at night, sucking out their blood and eating their insides. Mm. Delicious. Mm. Uh, Strisga were also believed to be satisfied with animal blood for a short period of time. According to other sources, Strisky were believed not to harm people, but to herald someone's imminent death. So, so they were like harbingers of like ill omens. Mm -hmm. so yeah. uh and this is kind of the most detailed thing i was able to to find here so i have a little thing here about strigoi mm -hmm. uh in, in romanian mythology um which some people might have heard Seems of related. used in a little bit in some some like a more modern media if anyone's read the vampire academy series uh it's a book series they have strigoi which are evil vampires in that one um so it, you may be familiar with that term uh, are troubled spirits that are said to have risen from the grave. They're attributed with the abilities to transform into an animal, become invisible and to gain vitality from their, from the blood of their victims. Bram Stoker's Dracula has become the modern interpretation of the Strigoi through their historic links with vampirism. Uh, Strigoi is a Romanian word that originated from a root related to the Latin terms strix or striga with the addition of the augmentative suffix oi, uh, feminine oi, uh, oye, but O-A-I-E. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Uh, I, uh, surprise, uh, we are also not fluent in Latin. Um, <laughs> yeah. I took a Latin course and then uh, didn't continue it when it went uh, in college, it, there were not enough people who signed up for the second year and it had to go into like a private study class. And I was like, I'm never going to survive a private study class of second year Latin. 
So language is hard. That I, guy I took, go to French. <laughs> I took three years of Chinese in high school and went to China. And you oh, know God. what I remember from that class? Ni hao. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. all I got. Oh God. Sorry. I forgot really hard. everything, but yeah. Um, so, and then I found, uh, there was a couple other words that kind of had the same kind of like pronunciation ish kind of thing. There was one, uh, like a strishta, mm-hmm. um, which I can't remember what origin that was, but it was basically a witch that could turn into a bird and hunted people at night kind of thing. Same kind so of origin for like the night a lot hunting of, bird. Right. Yeah, it seems like this is a common thing and it's just a different interpretate interpretation based on whatever uh culture or country it came from. So makes sense. Uh, it but it's all kind of the same sounding with strix kind of with it. So same kind of word um, origin, night hunting yeah. bird, creature, yeah. undead kind of thing. Which I think in this situation, instead of, so the Striga don't turn into owls, but they do have kind of that same like hunting instinct and hunting ability that like a night bird of prey would have. So it, it fits. It's kind of a fitting thing yeah, there. I think, I think that totally makes sense. That that seems to be very influential in the, in the design of this monster. You know, all of those, those things kind of, you know, come together to make sense for inspiration for this monster in, in these stories so that's great that's that's really cool I, I love the inspiration i love how all of this stuff usually comes together in modern works of fiction so very yeah. cool stuff so very, very just cool. for anyone out there listening to the podcast right now so if you happen to have been born with two hearts and two souls and two sets <laughs> of teeth uh you are striga if you sleepwalk you are a striga if you were if you don't have armpit hair, you are a striga. Um, and if you were born with a fully developed set of teeth, also a striga. So, you know, just take that to bed. Think on that. Think on that. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Especially sleepwalkers. That's a very common thing. Sorry. I think, I think I'm a sleepwalker. I don't, I hasn't, I haven't done it in a while. I don't think, but I have, I have, slept walks if you've done it even once even once you are a striga all right then i'm a striga um this is really you better tell your wife now i'm confused she's in danger because i am also a witcher am i obligated you have to hunt yourself to take a contract on myself ben ben are you listening i need you i need you to do me a favor ben Ben. samaria we're gonna trust you ben i know you'll do the right thing we're gonna crowdfund a bag of gold Everybody chip in. Maybe we can use this month's Patreon money put it together and we're going to pay Ben. This is going to go back into Ben's pocket to hunt down Toasty. <laughs> but what am I going to do? My co-host will be, will be killed. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get Ben to do the show with me. Yeah, ben, we'll Ben's do. pretty knowledgeable. Ben could probably do. Yeah, it. Ben's fine. like, yes, it's fine. Ben, maybe <laughs> Ben's even more. Oh, he, no. He's just like, I, I'll do it for free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get toasty ben, out of the picture. Easy. Gonna be like, wait fine. a minute, Ben. Wait, ben murdered Toasty and just Actually, took his we position just wouldn't on the show? have a show anymore because you're you're apparently a lesson. I'm not. Um, no, that was a joke. So we have to we have to contract you too. How many? So it's just, wait, it's how just many, Ben. How many lessons have you met that do podcasts? Um, I can strongly say three. Wait, three? You know three, three. lessons that do podcasts? Yes, yes. 
it's apparently a very common pastime for lessons i mean joe rogan is a lesson that's true joe rogan Mm -hmm. he's one Mm -hmm. um who else who else is a lesson that does a podcast i don't know i mean um, others i think like uh, i don't know i think like jake paul was attacked by a lesson or something at some point Mm. it was like in a forest or something i don't know Mm. all right well that's unfortunate well, so what do we have coming up next week? Oh, we already talked about that. Bill we, Burr, we Bill Burr's election. But, evil. But th- if you want to say it evil on says. the official. Okay, yeah, so the official officially, show. officially, why don't we commit to this? Officially, we're going to talk about werewolves, werewolves in the Witcher stories. And of course, these monsters in the Witcher stories aren't always exactly the same as you've heard about them in other stories. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the Witcher spin on werewolves. Yeah, and also reference you know their cultural backgrounds because the cultural backgrounds again aren't the same as necessarily the modern retelling of werewolves. So we'll get into some of that next week. So that'll be yeah. fun. And, we'll continue and our this best. This is here. fitting because uh, so the Wraith episode was based on people in the Discord and a general consensus, which I mean all all of them listed Wraiths in their lists of like top three to five scariest monsters. So I was like, all right. Wraiths. Strigo was my personal choice because I it's mean, a, thanks to the Netflix one. show, it's it's pretty terrifying. I yeah. mean that that umbilical cord just ruined everything for me. Sorry, that was the that <laughs> was the part that really never messed gonna children. Up. It's never gonna happen. It's not. It's really not. Um. So I was like, all right, Tom. It's it's up to you. You pick the next one. Um. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. so we're going. It, it's fitting. Yeah. So it's it's almost so like we've done werewolves. we've done like we've done like a uh, ghost sort of. We've done like undead sort of creatures that are it's kind of like a vampire. It's not exactly vampires, but kind of like vampires. Is now we're doing Striga counts as like a necrophage. So it's a necrophage. It's still, yeah. Kind of vampiric. And then we've got uh, werewolves, which I mean, we've got kind of the main. These are kind of mainline types of monsters. So that's pretty good for typical kinds of monsters for spooptober. So we're, we're covering our bases here. And I mean, we've already I've already said like that we're probably going to do a type of vampire in December. So, you know, we're going to cover all the bases. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're and we're going to get the lesson the week after the lesson. There you go. Spoiler alert for everyone. There in two go. weeks, we will be talking about the lesson with our uh, our good old friend, Ben of Tamaria. Yeah. And so. anyone else who signs up for that tier four or higher slot yeah so if you want to talk about lessons on the show with us then Mm -hmm. or if you are a lesson like tom we could interview especially a lesson that does a podcast right if you are a podcasting lesson come sign up we'll interview you for that episode we'll find out all about the life of a lesson doing a podcast doing a podcast Um, (laughs) and then me and ben will hit the path and murder us all right wonderful you because all right, cool. uh, you are lessons right, well, this is how it is we need, we need to go and uh run away so we'll <laughs> see you next week just like normal and uh have a good week everybody stay safe on the path thanks for being here we'll see you guys same, same time same place we're we not gonna talk about our socials like we normally do uh we've got socials go you know you can go look up uh <laughs> go look up our socials uh, sorry, I've I've terrified Tom. I'm He's scared. forgotten how to podcast now. I'm, I'm so. scared. Also, oh, we've got some other stuff to go over too. What are your socials, Tosi? Uh, well, of course, follow us at the Witcher Lorecast on Twitter, please. Uh, and then, oh God, did I just say please? No, I take back the please. I'm toasty. I'm too mean to say please. <laughs> to say please. Um, 
anyways uh and you know if you want to join the discord and and talk to us talk to you know me or tom we'll have some conversation about some witcher stuff then then join the discord and and join in on all the fun conversations yep and you can find me at robots underscore radio on twitter and also you know what we won't actually be here same time same place next week because you're going on vacation so we're going to pre-record next week's episode on wednesday which is just uh two days away so come join us live on that episode on the 13th which will be probably when some of you guys are listening to this episode but that night if you want to come join us on the night of the 13th then you can come listen to that episode early by like a week while we record it live Otherwise, it'll be out at normal. It's normal time that week for for podcast listeners. All right. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I'm, are we good? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to go get a head start. So you before you kill me. All right. Bye, everybody. Okay. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. <laughs> Mockumentary <Yes>. style. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if we could pull that off. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that there'd be any other way we could do it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. It's too much mocking going on here. Too much mocking. Yeah. The, the, the danger we do something like that would be, is it actually funny or is it just really cringy? <laughs> you know, Uh oh, do you have assassins behind you again? Thirsty? No. I have a Discord to my left. <laughs> that <I was> <laughs> That's how it is. Cool. Oh no, it's it's pretty quiet. It's pretty quiet. So cool, cool. All right. Well, everybody, it's good to see everybody. I will be back tomorrow morning working on some more stuff. Maybe streaming some games and things. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. I will be at work tomorrow. I have to work tomorrow. So yeah, have fun. Have when, fun you, with work. when you put it for vacation at work, it means you have to work an entire week in a row typically. So Yeah. Dude, I, I used to have a job where I was the only person who did what I did at the job. So whenever I took a week off, I just came back to like two weeks worth of work that I had to just do all in one week. And it was the worst. It was just the luckily, worst. Luckily, the tasks for my job have to be performed on the day. So yeah. I don't have to worry about that really. Yeah. Nobody um, could do what I did. And it was just like, I just came back to more work later or I had to, I had to do more work to go to ahead of time. And then more work when I got back, it was, it was just, it just sucks. Um, yeah. Yeah. My but, boss had to kind of do that though. Whenever he would go on vacation, come back to, uh, for some reason, it, we would we would just never work the dried peppers. There's a whole dried pepper section with like bags of dried peppers and things. We just never work it. So he'd come back to it basically empty and have to work it. Huh. It just always happened. Huh. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, oh well, I didn't want to do it. So yeah, there you go. There's right. your there's your thing. The dried peppers. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, is anybody playing Back for Blood? I've been playing that a lot. I got in early because I bought the deluxe edition. So I've been killing lots of, lots of zombies and broke, stuff. broke, so I can't afford it right now. So okay. Well, it's on, it's on Game Pass, so anybody who has Game Pass, you're going to get it. It's on Game Pass? Yeah, you'll get it tomorrow. And it's cross-play. Every, we can all play it together. 
Um, I've been playing. I've been playing it a lot. I also created a uh, sniper build. I put up a video for it. So if you're looking to, um, it, it it includes all the unlocks for all the cards. It's really good. It's really. I enjoy the beta. I really enjoy the update they've made since the beta. It, I think it's really good. Um, there's a lot of potential, and I've only scratched the surface with it. You've been playing Far Cry, it yeah. Better than Left 4 Dead. I think so. I think it's a lot better than Left 4 okay. Dead. Le- Left 4 Dead was great. I think that this game has even more potential than Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead got to a place where once you figured out the levels, you kind of just played through them optimally over and over again. But because this game has a bunch of cards that you unlock and a bunch of different characters, um, you you can build out your characters differently and you can assign your uh you can build your team out in different ways so there's like if, if you really are going to min max your team to do things on the hardest difficulty it it, it it's going to play out differently okay okay i've been like playing. everyone has their role it's it's more role based like you could have somebody who's like a really good sniper and someone who's a really good medic and somebody who's a really good you know melee person or uh, really good at finding your equipment on the level, like things like that. Whereas in Left 4 Dead, everyone was basically the same character. I'm I've been playing a lot of tabletop RPGs. <laughs> I believe that. that is that is my thing. That is <laughs> that is what I do. Um, which uh, yeah yeah the they they announced um, the first episode of of the Avatar. Yeah. Uh, what did they call the show? They they put a name that they hadn't told uh, me yet. They just put yeah, it yeah, yeah. They they've mentioned it before. I forget. Journey oh. of the Elements, Avatar Legends, Journey of the Elements, mm-hmm. uh, the Avatar Legends live play podcast mm-hmm. will be debuting October twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know if you want if you want to hear me be a character in Avatar on a podcast then that's 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 the one that's the only one where you'll find that there you go yeah that's uh, that's another show i know it's a very specific niche but you know (laughs) i mean it sounds cool like a lot of people really like avatar my son has watched through all of love avatar stuff and i've caught parts of it um and i was i was impressed by it you know i mean I, I, i was a little old you know i wasn't young enough to really get into it when it came out but watching it like when he got into it and like catching it on, I was still like, Oh, this series seems cool. You know, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's like obviously marketed for kids and stuff. It was a Nickelodeon mm-hmm. show or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a very, I think there's a lot of adult like kind of commentary there. Like, it's not like it doesn't have any, like obviously like rated RPG 13 elements, but it no. addresses a lot of like, topics that are like mature topics like sexism genocide i mean that's in the first four episodes those two things yeah, right there right. are in the first four episodes of the show right and there's like right. so many of these things that get addressed along the way so and the world is like, the world and the setting is cool the characters have depth like it's it's a smart it's oh, a yeah. smart show for being a kid's show i've been like you can tell I, i'm almost done with Cora. I'm on the last season of Cora. I'm probably like halfway through or something. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good of a show story wise, in my opinion. Mm. I don't know if that's just like a nostalgia thing, maybe, but I just didn't think that like it had the same 
uh, I just, I just didn't think it held up there, but like the fight scenes and choreography stuff is better than avatar for the most part, because you know, it's a later show. So that part, that stuff's cool. Definitely appreciate that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like that stuff too. Well, cool, man. Well, I'm going to get going. Bye everybody. See you guys later. Thanks for hanging out.